Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 172 of Blue Jays Nation Radio is presented by Botano, the 2023 EGR brand of the year. And your spot, if you're looking to get in on some of this baseball action down the stretch, the game starts now at Botano.ca 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Coomzy, another series for the Toronto Blue Jays where you just kind of sit there and go, eh, not bad, not good, not bad. I don't know. They split against the Phillies. That's expected. Yeah, they're just chugging along, doing kind of what you think they would do. I'll be honest. I, and we, so we say this almost every single time. If everything was flipped around and the Jays lost the Gosman game to kick it off and then they won the Kikuchi yeah. game against Zach Wheeler to finish the series off, everyone would be thrilled. They'd be like, look at the momentum going into Cincinnati. They've figured it out. But instead, the roles are reversed and everyone's got bad vibes after a disappointing loss in the second game. I always think it's funny. Like I look at the NL standings, Philly's tops NL wildcard spot. And I'm like, damn, they're, you know, they're a really good team. Like that's a team that, you know, the Jays get a win. That's good. And then you kind of look and you're like, actually they have less wins than the Jays. <laughs> and they're in the top NL wildcard spot. Like how, I don't know, man, some of the, some of the standings, yeah. I guess the curse of being in the AL East as well. Um, not always the best, but the Jays get their split against the Phillies. And now they get another off day before continuing the homestand with three against the Cincinnati Reds. We'll get set for that Red series. We'll bring in Brandon Douglas to see how the out of town scoreboard all shook down over the last couple of days. But first, let's get into our three up, three down from that series against the Phillies. And let's start with the ups. Let's try to keep the positive vibes going. And you say Kikuchi. Not just the most reliable pitcher on the Blue Jays right now, but he's been the best pitcher in the majors, you could argue, since the All-Star break. When you look at just kind of base stats like ERA and whatnot, he's been absolutely remarkable. And he continued his run of excellence in that first game. Six innings, he racks up seven strikeouts. Yusei Kikuchi does not give up a walk in six innings against the Philadelphia Phillies. It's like everything we thought we knew about this guy from last year, crumple it up and throw it out. He's a totally different pitcher right now. Yeah, this is a this is an even bigger turnaround than the Jose Barrios one because when Barrios turned his thing around, then you know he was bad last year, but it was that weird blend of occasionally dominant starts and then a really bad start. But you you kind of thought, okay, Barrios has been a top level number two starter for quite some time. That wasn't the same case with Kikuchi when they brought him in last year. He had a really bad year, and his numbers over three seasons with Seattle, he had some nice stretches, but it was still ERAs up in the fours and the fives. So. 
you didn't really know what to expect. And when we were coming into this year, we kind of told ourselves, you know what, if he can just be a number five, like clear through five innings each time, only allow three runs, keep your team in the game, that's great. But he's been putting together the best run by a pretty wide margin in his major league career so far since the All-Star break. It's been six starts, 35 innings pitched, and then an ERA of 1.29 which yeah. is absolutely nuts. Like there, there hasn't been a stretch where Kikuchi as a Blue Jay has been this good. There hasn't been a stretch when he was with Seattle where he was this good. It's, uh, it's really something. And the Jays, the Jays need this. They need one of their other starters to be better than expected because Alec Manoa fell off a cliff this year and isn't even on the roster anymore. So getting one of the other guys to bounce back, getting Kikuchi and Barrios bouncing back like this is such a big win. It's such a big win for the pitching staff. You say Kikuchi's 1.19 ERA in the last 30 days ranks first across all of Major League Baseball, not just the American League. Uh, Coombsy, you want to take a stab at who's number two in the last 30 days? It's a former friend, a former Blue Jay. Oh, no, it's going to be. Hmm, that's interesting. Who would that be? I don't know. Who would it be? It's Steven Matz with the ah, St. Louis Cardinals, who's got a 1.24 ERA in the last 30 days and a 4-0 record with uh, with the Cardinals since they moved him out of the bullpen back into the rotation. That was a guy who was, there was like light rumblings about him and the Jays potentially at the deadline as they were maybe looking for a swing man. But uh, yeah, you say Kikuchi, a remarkable start against Philadelphia Phillies and a big reason why they were able to come out ahead in that ball game. Another reason why they were able to come out ahead in that ball game is because Kevin Biggio stayed hot, picked up an RBI, got on base a couple of times in that or in that game against the Phillies. And then he followed it up with a really strong performance in game two. Although it was a losing effort, Biggio goes two for four, had a clutch two out base hit that scored two runs in the fourth inning. And what I liked about that at bat from him, he was down 0-2 to Aaron Nola, not a great spot to be in. And then that 0-2 pitch, was a high inside fast pitch. And I mean, Coomzy, we've seen Kevin Biggio this season strike out countless times on a pitch like that and look like not even close to getting it. It's like a nonchalant strikeout where, yeah, you just put your head down, go back to the dugout. Um, the fact that he was able to turn on that pitch down 0-2 really speaks to the kind of baseball he's playing right now and the kind of groove he's in. Yeah, if you go back all the way to you, you take out the first two months of the season, you got off to a pretty slow start. But if you go from June 1st until now, Biggio has got a 260 batting average and his OPS is up to 782. That's that's good. Like I like it, it watching him in the batter's box right now. It's it's probably the first time since the 2020 season. The, the COVID shortened season when Biggio was a good player. He was around an 800 OPS that year. This is the first time since then where he comes up into the box and you don't think, okay, he's going to, you know, swing through a high fastball and strike out or, you know, roll over on something and ground out. It, you genuinely feel like, oh yeah, Biggio's up to bat. Like he can draw a walk or he can smack a single or lace a double. Like there's, there's for the first time in quite some time, there's a genuine amount of optimism when he comes to the plate. And when he, when he draws, Drove in, I put in parentheses because he got hit in the toe with the ball. Yeah. When when he came up for that at bat, I you know a month ago I would have thought, oh man, Biggio in this situation, no way, like he's not going to come through. But now it was like, you know, this is this is one of those guys you're happy to see in a spot like this. Bases loaded, like Biggio might not hit a grand slam here. He's probably not most likely to do that. But of all the guys on the roster, he's right up there with probably like Brandon Belt, maybe somebody like that as or Whit Merrifield as who you feel most comfortable with either getting the bat on the ball or 
working a walk, doing something like that. It's uh it's a great thing to see because, you know, the Jays became very left-handed in the offseason. Some of those lefty bats, say Dalton Varsho, though he has heated up a little bit recently, haven't necessarily come through like they would have liked. But getting Kevin Biggio going back from being a, you know, a player who we thought for quite some time should be DFA'd or jumped off the roster or whatever is now back to being like a quality everyday player like he was in his first two seasons in the league. That's a huge win. And then, like, again, part of the reason he probably stayed on the roster as long as he did when he was struggling was the versatility as well, right? We saw him in this two-game series play some second base. He took over at third base at one point. He's a guy you can put in the outfield. He's a guy, you know, when Brandon Belt was hurt, he was doing the platoon thing a bit with Vladdy, or I shouldn't say platoon. He was giving Vladdy his days off at one bag. Like, the fact you can move him all over the diamond if you would have asked me six weeks ago, I would have told you it's probably Kevin Biggio's last season with the Toronto Blue Jays. And they'll like, you know, do the whole young player needs a change of scenery, move on from him in the winter. And now I kind of sit there and I go, I, I don't know if you move on from Kevin Biggio in the offseason. I think that's a guy, again, cost controlled, probably bring him back considering all the different spots you can place him. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, they've, they've, there was a good John Schneider quote when, when that came out yesterday when Biggio was about his struggles earlier in the season. And Schneider said, we're not going to give up on you. Like we, we think there's a good player in there. And Biggio has shown in the past in his first season and his second season, he was a very good player. He was a guy who got on base. He played defensively soundly at multiple different positions. He was solid. And then it was two or three years of, not so much. And then he's bounced back. And I mean, there has been a good player in there and good on the Jays for sticking by their player. That's our second up Kevin Biggio, who in the, his last 30 games is batting 297 with an OPS North of 840. It's uh, been quite the run for Kevin Biggio for our third up in that first game cam, a tight ball game ends up being a two, one finish. The winning pitcher ends up being Jordan Hicks, the save, goes to a now healthy Jordan Romano. It was our first kind of glimpse at what the back end of the Jays bullpen could look like in big games. And both Hicks and Romano delivered. Hicks comes in in the eighth, strikes out the side. Romano comes in, strikes out two or three. They don't allow a hit. Boom, ball game's over. The team's Twitter account even making a joke that the games are feeling a lot shorter with both Hicks and Romano on the roster. Um, easy to, for lack of a better phrase, fantasize about what a big October game could look like. When you're up by one and you go to Hicks Romano out of the bullpen, it's a nice thought. Yeah, there's so much depth in the bullpen now that we're no longer sitting here hoping and kind of like begging the starting pitchers. Look, you got to go six no matter what. Ideally, seven, the less we have to use our bullpen, the better. Like that's what it was for so long. That's what it was like during the shortened 2020 season. 2021, we all remember the bullpen. Last year, obviously, it got better, but still wasn't as locked down as this, where it feels like you're in a playoff game and your starter only really needs to go five because you have Romano and Hicks back there, ninth and eighth inning. You have all these other names to fill up the rest of the way. Jimmy Garcia, Tim Meza, Eric Swanson, and then, you know, Trevor Richards. He's coming back from the injury right away. Like, this is far and away the best Blue Jays bullpen we've seen. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember them having a deeper bullpen than this in my lifetime. I, I would imagine you have to go back to the 92 and 93 teams to find a group better than this. And we we saw just how nicely Hicks fits into that eighth inning role with Romano in the ninth in, in the ninth inning. I think Hicks had some opportunities in in safe situations where he looked a little enigmatic, and that's kind of who he is. It's not necess- not necessarily a guarantee he's going to have great command to go along with that great stuff. So he probably fits better in a different inning than the ninth. And then Romano comes off the injured list and is just dealing, just pitching these unhittable sliders, fastballs ripping. So 
that's a positive thing because there was obviously some worry when he got hurt during the all-star game. Hey, how long is this thing going to linger? And the Jays made the decision to put him on the injured list, nip it, put it behind him. And based on that outing, and it's only one outing, but based on that one, it looks like Romano's all good. Yeah, he looked uh, very, very good. And it was nice to see the whole Romano intro once again. It's just good to have him back in the bullpen and the Jays are presumably only getting healthier. We'll talk a little, we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Uh, cause they were without Matt Chapman for that series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And isn't that an interesting tie in to our three downs from that two gamer? Because that Santiago Espinal air was all the rage on Twitter when it happened. Um, ugly. You, you don't want that to happen. It ends up costing them three runs. Did it directly cost them the game? I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. I would also say that's a play I've seen Vladimir Guerrero Jr. make a ton. Not that you want to heap the blame on him in that one. If you're Espinal, just make a good throw. Um, but they missed Matt Chapman in that one instance alone. And not having the entire left side of your infield... I mean, you would think eventually it's it's going to bite you. And it did in that moment. I don't know. I'm not like super angry at Santiago Espinal like some people were in the moment. Because again, I felt like Vladdy could have bailed out his guy there. But it, it, it's a tough one. Um, what did you make of the Espinal air that costed the Jays three runs? I don't know. I feel like it's a bit of a confirmation bias thing. Espinal is kind of the new whipping boy because David Schneider came up and had that huge weekend. He's the new guy. Everybody wants to see him in the lineup more. So when the lineup gets released and it's Espinal playing instead of him, whether that's at second or whether it's at third, whatever's going on, people are just pissed off about it. They're, they're tired of Espinal. They don't want to see him anymore. But I mean, I don't know. He's, he's the more veteran player here. He has more experience playing third base than Schneider does. Yeah, he made a bad throw. But like you said, Vladdy scoops that more often than not. It was just an unfortunate play. I'm not going to say that the game was lost because of that. They only scored four runs and all of those runs came in the second and the third inning. And then after that, they had between the fourth and the ninth. I think the only hit was the Alejandro Kirk single. They drew a couple of walks, but the bats completely disappeared against Aaron Nola, who's a good, not great starter. He's having a pretty ho-hum year this year. And, you know, Philadelphia's bullpen, no one is looking at the Phillies being like, oh, yeah, this team's got a lockdown bullpen. Like, once they get to the seventh inning, they're untouchable. No one feels that way about the Phillies. So this was a game that largely came down to Kevin Gosman didn't have it, didn't have his best stuff. The error didn't help. It was unfortunate. But, I mean, we're talking about backup third baseman here. Like, it's not yeah. not you know, not, not end of the world stuff. And then the bats, they were just, it was just kind of limp, just a limp, limp game for the Jays. Yeah. You mentioned Kevin Gosman. That was certainly not his best start. Uh, He gives up five earned runs, a couple of them unearned because of that one play. But I mean, when you look at Gosman's last little run here, seven innings, a shutout ball against Cleveland. I don't know. I, I guess the Baltimore start wasn't amazing by any stretch. I just, I'm not worried about it. No. It happens. Every once in a while, Gosman gets kind of smacked around yep. a little bit. Maybe he's tipping his pitches. He's pitched a lot of innings this year. I think we have to be realistic. I mean, at the end of the day, Gosman, he's had a fantastic season. He's been one of the MVPs of the Jays. He can't come through every single start and toss them seven innings of shutout ball. It's just it's not going to happen. The Phillies are a good team, too. Got to tip your hat for them having a, a good day with the bats as well, right? Yep. And you mentioned the offense kind of drying up there. That's our third down. Their score, their runs came early and then you just kind of go through the box score and they just, they didn't even really get anything going. Like outside of a few walks, it was a lot of three up, three down, four up, three down kind of innings for the Jays. So they just really didn't get anything rolling there late in that ball game. So 
again, that's why I don't think the Espinal error truly, quote, cost in the game. They lost by five. The Espinal error cost you a couple of runs, so or three runs. It's just not the end of the world at all. And again, they should get Matt Chapman back. That is something dropped a weight on his finger, doing bench press, whatever, like one of those weird baseball-y things that happens in the dog days of the season. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the injuries here, Cam. It was great to see Jordan Romano back. It sounds like Trevor Richards will be ready to go on Friday. Sounds like there's a chance Chad Green is up with the big club by Friday as well. Um, but the big one, and we don't know anything about Chapman, so the big one is Bo Bichette. He goes down for his uh, stint with Buffalo. The first game gets rained out, which is too bad. Uh, but when he does play, he looks excellent. He scored from second and was running hard. He had a double. Um, it seems like he is right there. And there is a part of me that goes, okay, if he played twice in Buffalo and he looks good, let's not waste it in Buffalo. Bring him up. I expect him to play Friday. Yeah, I would too. Unless, you know, the, the, the talk is that since he DH the Wednesday game after the rain out, the expectation is that he'll play for Buffalo on Thursday, which is today. Uh, at short because they want him to have a game in the field uh, before he comes up to Toronto. But like, you, you, I'm 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 on the same same page as you here. I don't think it's worthwhile to have him spend like a whole weekend in Buffalo getting it. You know, he wasn't out for that long. It was only a few weeks long injury. The Jays, as as we know, have struggled mightily offensively without Bo at the top of their lineup. So they've got some big series coming up here. Cincinnati uh, coming up right away. They're a fine team. They're pretty good. And Seattle's only a game behind the Jays right now. So there isn't really much much time to waste. they got to get Bo back into the mix and right back to the top of the lineup. It, yeah, it could be like a huge a huge boost for them right now. They could get a, like uh, Kevin Kiermeyer is going to be back right away for sure, yeah. because he was only expected to spend the minimum on the 10 day injured list with that laceration issue from Boston. Trevor Richards had a good um, outing for the Bisons. Chad Green still hasn't allowed an earned run during his rehab assignment yet through um, low A Dunedin and triple A Buffalo. He got hit in the head with a throw from Tyler Heineman behind the plate, trying to get a guy out at second, went through concussion protocol, and he's all good. That's a bit more of a tricky one because the Jays have to remove somebody from the 40-man roster to add him back in because he's on the 60-day injured list. So that's going to be a little bit more difficult. We might see the Jays wait a little bit longer with that one. But yeah, getting Richards back to the bullpen, getting Kiermaier back in the outfield, getting Bo back. Hopefully Chapman doesn't miss any more time. We're, for the first time here, Pretty close to seeing the Jays operating at full strength. As long as no one's dropping weights on their fingers in the next yep. couple of days, we might get it pretty soon. Uh, again, the roster game, you mentioned someone having to come off the 40-man for green. Um, should be easier when Richards is back. I would imagine it's just Bowden Francis going down. When Bo returns, I would imagine it's Davis Schneider going back down to get everyday reps at the AAA level. Kiermeyer back. It's Nathan Lucas going back down. So everything seems pretty cut and dry. In terms of the roster, that is until Chad Green eventually makes his uh, not return to the Blue Jays, becomes a Blue Jay for the first time, I guess. Um, but it'll be interesting to see this team at full health. Again, we kind of saw it in that last game against the Phillies. Having Matt Chapman there, maybe it's a bit of a different ball game. Having Bo Bichette in that lineup, maybe he's sparking the offense a little bit more. They miss these guys a lot. So it'll be good to get them back at full health because the games are only getting more and more important. Three against the Reds coming up this weekend and yeah if you could be at full health for that three gamer against the baltimore orioles next week at rogers center that that would be ideal i think uh, as the jays get closer to playing some big big series uh let's step aside here for a quick break and then get into the al east report 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Episode 172 of Blue Jays Nation Radio brought to you by Botano and our friends at Botano.ca. Your Emshuk and Coombsy with you. And to take a peek at how things broke over the last couple of days around the American League, we call it the AL East Report with Brandon Douglas. But it really is like the AL Wildcard Report now as uh, the Jays sites are solely set on holding on to that third wildcard spot. Brandon, the Mariners had a series against the Royals. Granted, it's still going on. But where do things sit right now in that big series? Uh, yeah, we were, were relying on our friends, the Baltimore Orioles to kind of put some breaks on the Mariners recent charge. They did that, uh, earlier this week, last weekend. The Royals, not quite as much, so much luck to be expected. They're a pretty bad ball team. And, uh, as Cam always likes to point out, part of that terrible division that is the American League Central. So, so far, the Mariners have won two of three against the Royals. They'll wrap up that series here today. Uh, and the Mariners, yeah, you mentioned it, Cam. They're only a game back now. Uh, and, Coming up next for Seattle is going to be a series against Houston, which we've talked about it. The Jays' ideal spot is sitting right where they are. So Houston sweeping them, that would be a big favor. And only get like Houston has no reason to not try and win those games, right? Give themselves more separation from the bottom of the wild card standings and uh, do the Jays a favor by staving off the Mariners' charge all at the same time. So th- those are really the only two teams like on either side of the Jays that are within striking distance uh, on either side, right? Uh, elsewhere around the division, though, I'll keep uh, giving a little few a few updates on the Yankees and the graphic I have at the end. I've still included them mostly for the sake that it is still called the AL East report, but they continue to tumble. They're they're inconsequential at this point, but they get swept by the Braves, shut out twice. They're now below 500, 60 and 61. And I saw this stat. This marks the latest in a season that the Yankees have been below 500 since September of 1995. They haven't. <laughs> That's a pretty wild stat. Yeah, they haven't finished below 500. I think I saw since 1992. Like it's been a long time since the Yankees have been this bad. 
And as much as it, it kind of speaks to the fact we love to hate on the Yankees, especially yeah. as AL East opponents, but you have to admire them and give credit to the consistency they provided. I mean, when you have an unlimited payroll, that's a little bit easier to do, mind you. But but still, you got to put the product on the field nonetheless. Yeah. So uh, the only positive coming out of New York right now being that the Aaron Judge looking like he will not need offseason surgery on that torn ligament in his toe, as was possibly speculated earlier when he was still kicking around on the IL, what seemed like forever. Uh, next up for New, New York is going to be hosting the Red Sox for three three games. So all of a sudden, I think we might be Yankees fans a little bit too, because the Red Sox are far enough back. You don't have to be super worried, but they're the next one knocking on the door after the Mariners of of trying to chase down Toronto for that final wildcard spot. Those Red Sox, they split their first two games with the Nationals. Game three will also go today. Uh, Some injury news for the Red Sox there. Shortstop, uh, Adalberto Montesi. He's like missed the entire season coming back from ACL surgery from last season. But he's like several different times been progressing, progressing, and then a setback. And that's happened again now. So it's kind of looking less and less likely that they're going to see him at all this year. Which, I mean, ACL surgery is no small task, but when like the recovery time is give or take a year, right? And it's looking like he's going to miss this entire season, despite the fact that uh, he should have been back probably halfway through it if you use that timeline roughly on it. So some bad news there, but it, Tanner Houck, he's going to return to the lineup probably the start of next week. Monday is his scheduled start day, and they're going to get some bullpen help as well as Zach Kelly could start facing some live batters as early as next week. He has been out since May, a guy that they uh, do rely on back in the back half of that bullpen a little bit. And then just the only note for the Sox from their first couple of games of the Nationals is this rookie uh, first baseman, Tristan Cassis. He's had a great rookie year and yeah. he's just continuing. He's hitting 19 home runs. He's hitting 254, 47 RBIs. Um, and it's like, and I think 10 of those home runs have come in the back, like back half of the season, which we're not all the way through that yet. So he's really turned it on kind of post all-star break here for the Red Sox as they keep themselves in the mix. They just won't go away. The Orioles, they lose two of three to the Padres. Uh, but I said two of three, that's not three of three. Their continued streak of not being swept in a series of two or more games has now reached 78, the entirety of the Adley Rushman era. That streak is fourth all time, which I, the fact that that's only fourth when I looked it up actually shocked me. Uh, The record is the 1942 to 44 Cardinals, which was 125 straight series. The 1903 to 05 Giants, which was 106. And then uh, within the sights of this Orioles team is the 22 to 24 Yankees, which was 83 series. The Orioles have 13 more series left this year, so they can easily jump past the that team and move into third all time if they just keep on rolling like they have been. That's a hell of a pull. Hopefully the Jays sweep them next week and end this thing, though. That would yeah. be awesome. That <laughs> would be like, yeah. <laughs> as good as you could ask for. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere for the Orioles, Aaron Hicks, he's back, missing a little bit of time, continued dealing with a sore back. And then the Orioles' big acquisition, Jack Flaherty, he's had three starts since coming over, been the picture of inconsistency. He's given up 11 runs in 14 innings. He has a 1-2 and two record uh, since joining the Orioles and just can't quite seem to like sidle into shape and be what they're hoping for or were hoping for when they acquired them. So the, that was their one big acquisition and it kind of raised some eyebrows that they didn't go out and do more. And they're raising some more eyebrows now that he hasn't quite uh, been up to snuff thus far. The Orioles, they'll finish their West coast road trip with three in Oakland. Uh, they have the day off today. And finally, the Rays, they went two of three in San Francisco. Uh, Luke Rayleigh inside the park home run. Always a fun little note when something like that happens, a little little league home run for us. And uh, Manuel Margot, unexpected surgery he needed to go under to uh, get some 
loose pieces pulled out of his elbow. Not super serious, but looking like he's going to miss three to four weeks for him, I guess. Uh, it was it was not scheduled. It was completely out of the blue. It was like he's having the day off, and then, no, now he's going in for elbow surgery. Uh, the Rays currently, 14 of their original 26-man roster is currently on their team. And only one of their one of their opening day starting pitching rotation is Zach Eflin. I was going to say Shane McClanahan going in for Tommy John. I think he could miss all of next season as well. When you look at the timeline there, like they have just gotten absolutely slaughtered by injuries. And I'll actually now I'll ask you guys this. We were talking a week, 10 days ago about how, man, you don't want the Jays to move in to that second wild card spot. Because why would you want to go to the trough when you could go to Minnesota? When you look at the injuries, you consider who knows what Wander Franco's future is with the club. Are you less scared? Like, would you be okay if they went to Tampa all of a sudden? Maybe that's not a terrible option. It's still the trap, man. It's uh, it's always the it's always the house of horrors. No matter how bad the Rays are, I've watched I've watched so many mediocre Rays and Devil Rays teams beat the Jays at the trap. No matter what, the spot that I'd be more happy with is if the Jays wound up where they were last year, first wild card spot hosting Tampa. I, I I'd be more okay with that. But going into Tampa, I'll never feel good about it. Curse Stadium. And, and like the the team is decimated, but yet they're still plodding along. Like they just beat the yeah. Giants in two or three. It's it's a miracle at this point. Yes, they're hot. Their start was really hot, and we talked about them having a really actually bad kind of middle stretch of the season. But they're still keeping pace, and they're only two games back of Baltimore still somehow with all of this continuing to pile onto them. Uh, they are going to get back Andrew Kittredge from uh, Tommy John surgery that he got last year, looking like this weekend. He's over the past couple of seasons been a really good high leverage guy out of the bullpen for them. Thirteen saves and seven holds since 2021, and the Rays will finish up their little West Coast swing with three games in Los Angeles versus the Angels here. The Jays um, do have six, six of their final nine games are against the Rays and they're five and a half back right now. When you consider the injuries that, Hey, Coombsy, maybe we shouldn't say that that top spot, as you can no. see on the board here, um, maybe that top spot in the wild card race, isn't all that out of the picture. Hey, eh, Brando, not out of the picture for sure. And it's, it's just a matter of debating if you like you're quote unquote going for it. I mean, the Jays yeah. still are trying to win games. They're, they're holding on to the last wild card spot. But if you get into that spot where you jump Houston, but don't catch Tampa. And now, like Cam said, you have to go into the trop and play this relentlessly feisty Tampa team. I don't really know if that's a spot you want to be in either, but it's, it's within striking distance for sure. All right. There you go. The AL East report. Thanks, Brandon. Coombsy, let's take a look at what's coming up here this weekend at the Dome. Again, another day off on Thursday. I'm not a fan of day offs. I'm sure the players like having, you know, two or three in the span of a week, but I'm bored when we have to sit here on a random Monday or Thursday night and not have any baseball to watch. Uh, but tomorrow, they're also getting the weird start times because of this series against Cincy. 6.40 Eastern on both Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday at 1.40 Eastern time. Um, Barrios gets game one, Bassett in game two, Hunjin Ryu in game three. The Reds, they, they had some really good runs this year, and it's a lineup that when it gets going, it can be very dangerous. They've scored 588 runs this year. That is third, I believe, in the National League. They're not to be taken lightly, but this is not a series that I would be okay with the Jays only winning one of. Like against the Cubs, it was kind of like, eh, you know, the Cubs were red hot. One of the best hitting teams over the last month, over the last 15 days in the NL. While the Reds have a similar record, they haven't been as good recently. I want the Jays to win two or three. Yeah, the, <clears throat> the Reds heated up in the middle of the season there when they called up Ellie De La Cruz. He was 
really ripping when he first landed in the big leagues. He's kind of cooled off. And with that, the team's kind of cooled off as well. I mean, if you look at the month of August for the Reds, they got swept by the Nationals earlier this month. They lost two of three to Miami. They're just coming off of a split with Cleveland. Uh, the record all told in the season is 63 and 59, which is fine. They're in the mix in the shitty NL Central. They're one of the, you know, everyone in the National League is kind of in the mix for the wild card. No one's really running away with that at all. So, I mean, yeah, this isn't the Cubs where we thought, you know what, this team's, this team's ripping right now. They're, they're, they're on fire. Like, you know, lose two out of three, whatever. If the Jays lose two out of three to Cincinnati, that's not one you're feeling good about. They, they have, you know, three good starting pitchers going this week, weekend. So this is one of those ones where the Jays really should take two of three. Brandon Williamson's getting game two. Hunter Green, hard throwing young arm in Cincinnati. Like that's a guy who can hit triple digits. Um, he's making his return from the IAL. It's his first start since June. And, uh, the Reds, I don't think have named a starter yet for game one of the series, but you're right. They got some good arms. They have a lineup that when it gets going, man, it, it really, really gets going. There's some quality hitters there and guys who aren't exactly household names at this point in their careers either. Like, I mean, obviously Ellie Dela Cruz has burst onto the scenes, but you look at guys like Sam Steer in that and Friedel has been having a really strong season as well. Um, there's a ton of quality bats in that Reds lineup. So uh, not something the Jays can take lightly here as they head into the weekend three against the Reds. Uh, the Mariners tonight are finishing up their series against the Royals. So that'll give you something to watch as we hope Seattle moves to one and a half back of the Jays and not half a game back of the Blue Jays. So there you go. There's your outlook on what's going on the next few days around the American League. Coombsy, enjoy these three games against the Reds and we'll chat again on Monday. Best wishes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 